Hello and welcome to today. As always, here's what went down on December 20th. Vespasian declares victory at the end of the year of the four emperors in 69. You'll hear more about that over the next two days. In 1860, South Carolina becomes the first state to attempt to secede from the United States. In 1977, Djibouti and Vietnam joined the UN, and in 1985, Pope John Paul II announces World Youth Day, which I hear is actually a lot of fun from friends who went. Speaking of leaving your home and going far, far away, let's talk about colonialism. Alright, so in 1606, three ships departed England for the New World. They were the Susan Constant, the Godspeed, and the Discovery. Out of the three ships, the Susan Constant was the largest and the Discovery was the smallest. Fun fact, the Susan Constant, which is also sometimes noted to be named as the Sarah Constant, but I'm not diving into that, also carried a one John Smith aboard. Yes, that John Smith from Pocahontas. Before I go any further... I'd like to address an issue. The issue is the dates. I have one source saying it's December 20th and one that says December 6th. I also note that every time I look it up, I'm getting late December. So December 20th is what I'm going with. In fact, when I did research for this particular episode, the first date I got was December 19th. So yeah, screw it. December 20th. I'm I'm just sticking with it. So these ships leave England, and they're off to found a colony. The entire idea of this particular colony was not a religious escape that some colonies, I'm looking at you pilgrims, sought. This is an economic mission. There was money to be made here, and with the Spanish hoarding all the gains, you can bet the English were positively salivating at the mouth. The venture was not a government one, however, but a private venture. It was completely financed by the Virginia Company, but they still had to get a charter for legal reasons. And who is the king who issued this charter? James I, hence the name of the colony. Of course, just because it was a private venture doesn't mean there wasn't a governmental interest. Spreading Christianity, and I mean Protestant Christianity, of course, was a goal. Counterbalancing other nations, especially the Spanish, was also a goal. There were really just a lot of reasons to go, given that it was a private venture. Did James really need to make anything other than a good decision in giving the charter? I mean, what was his possible losses, right? Anyway, back to the story. So these ships sail from England today, about 400 years ago. They reach the Virginia coast in late April 1607. So yeah, it was a long journey. But they didn't immediately land. Planting a colony is like starting a business or buying a house. Location, location, location. They eventually found a place two weeks later, and this area was marked by a good natural harbor and good defensive position. A final note was that the area wasn't actually inhabited, but there was there wasn't like a village or anything nearby. And for good reason, but we'll get back to that. But nearby lived a tribe, the Powhatans. They are important. Alright, so they set up shop, and the first thing they do is set up a governing body. This body was actually decided before they even left England, but the names were not known until they made landfall. The first president was Edward Maria Winfield, with six council members, one of which was John Smith. They set up a fort and began relations with the Powhatans. The relations were mild, not hostility, but not friendship. 
trade was conducted as the English had things the Powhatans didn't, like metal tools, and the Powhatans had things that the English didn't, like stable supplies of food. There were some skirmishes, but it wasn't like they were all trapped in a fort with no food coming in and starving. That would come later. However, disease started flowing into the village. It's often mentioned that disease was brought by the Europeans, and this is true, but it also worked both ways. The location that the colonists settled in, and the water that the colonists drank, was infected with various diseases the Powhatans were, were used to, but the colonists were not. A prime example of one of these diseases that hurt or killed them was malaria. It did not, however, cause the massive deaths that the Native Americans suffered. It still sucked though, and the Powhatans gave the colonists food as a gift. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, because the Powhatans were critical to the colony surviving. Without these gifts, they would have completely died out. But that relationship soured, and in the winter of 1609 and 1610, there was a starving time. This starting time is notable because some of the people who helped found the colony were no longer there. Namely, one, John Smith. I keep bringing him up because he was the driving force behind the good relations between the Powhatans and the colonists. He got injured and had to leave for the old country in the fall of 1609. This meant that the guy who maintained relations was gone, and subsequently, the Powhatans and the colonists were um, not on the best of terms. The colonists now had angry Powhatans on their border. They couldn't leave the fort. They didn't have any supplies anymore. They couldn't even farm, although that would have been difficult to begin with as the area they settled was horrifying for crops, which is why there wasn't a village. The death toll is not completely well known, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90% of the colony died in this time. This period of warfare and starvation is called the starving time for this reason. Now, one would be looking at this town and saying, that is a horrifying failure. And you would be right, if not for the additional colonists coming in from England. They arrived in the spring of 1610, along with a new charter, one that granted a stronger form of leadership in the form of a governor, and the introduction of military law. The crown was in this for the long haul. With the whole people are dying off bit over, they could now focus on financial solvency. Remember, the entire project was to make money. They tried a bunch of things like glass making and wood production, but nothing really stuck. But then, a man by the name of John Rolfe started something. Something that would be as ubiquitous to the south as cotton. Tobacco. When he first introduced tobacco in 1613, they were on the road to solvency. With this solvency, more people started flooding into the colony, and the future was basically set. The colony was established, had a balanced budget, and had people. Now, there are two things I need to mention before I end this story. Uh, John Rolfe, uh, he's notable for one other thing. He married Pocahontas. Uh, sorry, Disney. Um, also, the original settlers, all male. It was a complete sausage fest until 1608 when two women arrived. Women would be outnumbered for most of the 1600s, as a matter of fact. All right, so that's our show today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at todayhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Come back tomorrow where I finally get to use my political science degree for something. We'll look at shitty working environments, a feminist I didn't really know anything about, and the uncomfortable realities of free speech in a revolutionary civil war. Mm -hmm.